Hello all, this is your co-host Patrick Monaghan and I'm joined by my co-host Harris Wilmitsu and our guest Andy Cousins for another episode of Foreign Football Forecast. How are you all doing? How you doing Andy? Thanks to having you on the, on the podcast today. No problems whatsoever. How are you? Okay? I'm doing good. Doing good. Thanks for asking. Good. Yeah. So how are you excited about Leeds coming back to the, to the Premier League? Oh, very much so. Yeah, it's it, it's exactly what we've been looking for, you know, for the last however many years now. So, um, you know, it's definitely something which uh, you know we've all been pushing towards. It's all, it's everything which we've wanted. You know, we've we've had you know sixteen years really of, of lower league football, um, you know, Championship First Division football, and you know we've always wanted to be back in the Premiership, and and that's where we are. And we we're just saying there. You know, we've we've got to uh, we've got to enjoy it. We've got to relish it. We've got to you know really really look forward to it. And uh, you know, just looking forward to the, the first fixtures to come out, so we know when when we've got uh, the games which we've got coming forward. And that's really when it sinks in for, for the players, the management, the staff, the you know, and the fans as well at the same time. Yeah. What are your expectations next year? Do you think Leeds can make it to the top ten or even maybe to the? Well, to be yeah, fair, I, I I did something on on Tuesday night, and uh, you know. We, I might have been controversial in a way, you know, for me, it's all about 42 points first. Let's get to 42 points and then let's see where we end up. Okay. If we get 42 points early doors, perfect. You know, we can then have a different goal later on, you know, but the, the, the number one goal this year for me would be to stay in the, stay in the Premier League. Um, we mm -hmm. have to build a, build a football club now up um, and we have to build it in the right way and we've got to build it to it to be a football club which is sustainable in the Premiership. Um, you know, when we were in the Premiership last time with, with Peter Ridsdale, you know, he gambled and he gambled on, on Leeds, you know, getting into the Champions League and, and going forward. You know, yes, we got to the semi-final, but that, that was most like the worst thing that Leeds United could, could have done, um, you know, that time. And, and, and Peter did, um, you know, he, he gambled. It's as simple as that. You know, he's... I think he's openly admitted it to a certain point, um, but unfortunately, the football club then went backwards, and it went backwards quite quick and for a long time. And um, you know what we've got to do now is we've got to we've got to build a, a football club which is sustainable in this league. Um, I know that the uh, we had Victor Orta on um, a call the other week, um, and Victor's you know his his goal is to get us back in Europe, um, but he came back to us and said we have to build the football club upright. So you know we we do, and that's the, that's the massive massive thing. You know you look at your you look at your Burnleys. You know they've done it. They've gone down. They've come back up. They've gone down. They've come back up. You know you look at Man City's yeah. come up. You know obviously they've got the cash behind them. And Man City it's a bit different. But when they first came up, it was about staying in the Premiership and and building the way back up again. And I think you know for for me with Leeds, you know in particular at this present moment in time, it's it's just it's making us uh, a competitive um, team in the league, but also a sustainable team in the football league in the, in the premier league as well it's where the money is um, it's where the players want to be it's where the fans want to be um you know and make the stadium nice and big get as many people as we can and you know hopefully we'll um you know we'll be challenging then for, for the european you know spots further down the line but it's got to it's got to be a sustainable football club now i agree so as a former player yourself and someone who has a lot of experience what do you think about marcelo bielsa coaching you know, number one, would you have loved to to play for him as a, as a former player, and and do you think he's a type of caliber of coach who can help you really achieve that sustainability in the, in the Premier League? 
One hundred percent. I'd I'd love to have been. I think any any player out there, you know, at this present moment in time, you see what Marcelo's done for for every player in that football team, you know, and you look what you know Guardiola has to say about him. You look at what Pochettino has to say about him. Um, Messi has to say about him. You know, these are these are top top people um, in the football world, and um, they all rave about him. The players rave about him. They all think that they put about three years onto their careers because of him. Um, you know, they eat right, they train right, they they play the football the right way. Um, you know, so it's enjoyable. Training's hard, but enjoyable. Um, he has a rapport with the players. Um, he doesn't really speak to them too much, um, but they know that they're liked by him and they know that, you know, he's getting that man management side of it across. So, you know, every player I've had on, you know, on, on calls, which we've had, you know, with the club is, you know, they're all saying the same thing. They're all praising him. But mainly it's more about that, you know, the way they play football. It's very simple. It's very, very easy. If you watch it, it's all little triangles. It's very, very simple football. Very hard to perfect. And, um, you know, he seems to have got all these players, you know, singing off the, uh, the same song sheet. And um, they are by far the best footballing team or were the far by far the best footballing team in the championship and i think we will be up there with some of the best um footballing teams in the premiership and i think there's a lot of people excited about leeds united being in the premiership um you know and i, I can see when i've been watching the football matches every week you know that uh, yeah it's um it's going to be an exciting time and i think uh, bielsa's the man to take us forward Let's get him all signed. He's got all his free Adidas stuff on now, so he ain't got Capra on anymore. He's got his Adidas stuff on now, so that's a good sign since we sponsored by Adidas. <laughs> it means he's he's already been been tapping them up for all his free free gear. Um, he's been to been to some <laughs> matches, so I I just think that yeah, I think he's the one hundred percent is the man to go for, and I think for him as well, it's it's a great challenge for him to be in the Premiership against some of you know well one of his best you know best mates in football um, you know in, in Guardiola and uh, you know has helped us out with Harrison and a few others which have come in but uh, yeah I think he'd be relishing this this challenge um, you know I think this is going to be the longest he's stayed at a football club we said this earlier on um, as well you know it's uh, you know it, I think yeah it's exciting times for Leeds United at the minute but you know we've got to be we go back to it. We've got to be a team which is competitive, and also we've got to be a team and a club which is which is sustainable in this in this league. One question. No, that, is, that's no. There's a fair point. Oh no, I was I was just going to ask how important is that stability for the club, knowing that you have a stable owner and manager. How important is that from your perspective and from the club's perspective, knowing that you're not well, sacking think- managers every season or. I think it's massively important. Full stop for any fo- any football club. You look at, you know, I look at Burnley and, and the you know Sean Dyche has been there for how many years now. You know, he knows what he's doing. He's a good manager. Got him into Europe a couple of years ago. Um, you know, they're always doing pretty well. They're building and building and building. They're putting the blocks in place. They're not a massive football club. Um, you know, have they got a fan base worldwide? No, have the hell is like. You know, as Leeds United, yes, of course it has. You know, you've got bridges in, um, you know, in, in Australia being lit up. You've got Singapore being lit up. You've got Hong Kong being lit up. You've got America lit up. You, you know, it, it's a worldwide thing, is Leeds United. Um, wherever you go on holiday, you've always got somebody, you know, if you mention Leeds United, they all know who Leeds United is. If you mention Burnley, realistically, no, no disrespect to Burnley, but they don't really know who Burnley are. But Sean Dyche has, has put a stability in that football club. They know what the jobs are and they know how to do it. And I think that, 
the sustainability later on is down to the backroom staff and it's down to to Andrea if he brings some you know somebody coming in with a bit more cash for instance there's talk of the 49ers again coming in there's talk of the, the guy from Paris Saint-Germain coming in as well so there is mates 49ers are already, already in charge you know we, we could they could go for it they could throw, throw a whole load of money at it but we have to have the money in the bank to be able to to process that we can't do it like we did against you know, um, you know when Peter Ridstow was there, where we we've got people in, you know, on eighty, ninety thousand pound a week who are not even playing. You know, not even close to the to the first team. Um, now it's a bit different. Marcello likes to have he, he likes to have twenty two players in his squad, and he, he's I think he's used twenty four this year because um, he's had to through injuries. You know, do we need a few more players in the squad? I don't think we do in the Premiership. I think the Championship. I think we do because it was it was. It was every Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. The Premiership's not going to be like that. It, you do get a little bit more rest in between, which I think will help them. And uh, you know, I think uh, I think Bielsa is um, is definitely one hundred percent the man to take us forward. Um, and I think that the club in the background, um, the people we've got in place, you know, the players know where they stand, the fans know where they stand. Um, when we had Chilino in charge, you know, we. We didn't know where anybody was going. We didn't know what was happening from day to day because one day would be this, one day would be that. It, you know, it literally was a decision made on that day, and and that 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 sends unrest around the the club. And you know, we've we've never. People might say that we've been a selling club for the for the kids who have gone through. You know, you your Cooks, your Vieiras, you know, lately Byrams, you know, have all been sold on for good money. Um, but when Bielsa's come in, he hasn't sold anybody. You know, the only person he's let go was Vieira, and he said, well. He's not going to get in the team because Phillips is in my team and Phillips is my number one. It, it's been proven this last two years why Vieira went because he would never have played. Bielsa knew what Phillips could do, um, you know, and he's been in there and he's been absolutely unbelievable, um, you know. So yeah, it, I think from top to bottom we've got we have the building blocks in place for the football club to move forward and, and to be a force in the Premiership, which is what we all want to what we all want to see. Absolutely. And I agree with your point earlier about uh, Leeds is definitely well known versus uh, Burnley for sure. Um, I was a I was a, I was a big fan of not a fan, but I used to enjoy watching Leeds a lot when Adam Smith was playing. Yeah, and also when uh, Mark Duca was playing during that time, the early two thousand to two thousand three, those were very fantastic games. Yeah, I remember those pretty well. So it's good well, to see. For myself, I'm very happy to see them back in Premier League. Yeah, well, Smith is over in he's over in the states now. Obviously, he's, he's Smith he's, I think he's working at. So I don't know what he's doing. To be fair, but he he, he left the UK. I think um, he was doing some um, some college football. I think he was looking after and, and things over there. But he, he lives in, over in the states. And you know, it, it, the thing with Smithy, for instance, he was a great guy. With Smithy, I was you know I was a I was playing the first team when he was kind of coming through as a as a schoolboyish. Um, you know, I'd, I'd left when Smithy came mm -hmm. in. I knew him as a kid and stuff. But you know, you look at that team which they had, and I think the problem we had then was that we had such a big squad of very expensive players. Um, and as I said before, you know, Ridsdale he, he gambled a little bit. You know, you got your Ferdinands, Decors, Batties, Kellys, you know, Hearts, you know, Woodgate. For, you know, you, you they all roll off the Harry Kuehl, You know. You could you could name thirty players who were first teamers, um, you know. But Smithy, being a local lad, he just didn't care about anybody, you know. He literally just went. He, he, I, Don Matteo tells me tells a story about when they went to the San Siro, 
and he talks about his goal and obviously he says, but the best best comment was was Alan Smith. He says, I'm going to go smash that left back. This was before the game. And he looked, he says, what do you mean you're going to go smash the left back? He says, I'm going to go smash him. He says, because if I smash him, then everybody else will be scared. Paolo Paolo Maldini. It's like, how are you going to smash Maldini? He's the best left back ever. <laughs> but but Smithy literally just he doesn't he doesn't have that off button. He, but that's that's that was his mentality. You know, I go smash him, then everybody else will be scared of me. So I'll I'll get some space and so on. And that's what he did. The first minute he went bang straight through him. Um, you know, but yeah, great play for Leeds. Um, going to Manchester United, you know, you know a lot of Leeds fans don't like that, but yeah. you know, for me. You know, it's a career at the end of the day. Um, you know, he's he had to leave. He, he you know he got leads out of the quagmire a little bit. Um, I was going to swear there, but you know, yeah. it was going to it was going to bring him out of uh, of that because of you know they needed the money and um, you know he was he looked at it in that way. You know, he, did, he says he didn't have a choice. Every football, I suppose, supporter will say, "Well, of course you got a choice." You say, "No, I don't want to go to Manchester United." Well, why wouldn't you want to go to? I say, you know, if you if you if you. Um, if somebody's your job, you're going for a job interview and, and somebody comes and headhunts you and, and decides that they're going to give you £2 million a year and they're the best business company you can ever work for and they're going to give you everything you possibly can, which is basically what Manchester United did for him. And, you know, it's I don't blame him for going. Um, you know, and I, he had a great career in, you know, Manchester obviously broke his leg, which, which didn't help when he was, I think it was at Liverpool. Yeah. And then obviously they went up to Newcastle and he struggled a lot, I think, up there as well with his, uh, you know, after the, you know, the leg break and stuff. But for Leeds United, Smithy was, you know, a local lad, done well. Um, and he, he was he was fantastic for us. I think he might have frozen. Are we frozen, are we? Yeah, I think he was frozen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, Harris, get you back. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry. Uh, cool. I'm here. Yeah, cool. I got you, man. It's the best my Wi-Fi has done all day, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been it's been a little struggle uh, for now. But yeah, you know, I'm back. I see you guys now. Yeah, no, that's awesome to hear all those anecdotes from uh, from Alan Smith. He he was depicted as a sorry for my language as a pug sometimes as well. But mm. for me, I've seen him play, and as you say, the mindset that he has. You can tell, and that's what was motivated him. And I think when he moved to Manchester United, a bigger club, he was much more respectful because he, you know he had more experience, he has age as well, so he was playing a little differently. But uh, but yeah, I mean, his 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 style of play, his aggressiveness was very uh, enticing to watch. You know, as a, as a fan, you want to see players like that. You know, so that was it's great great anecdote. Absolutely. And you need that on the football pitch. You know, we, you know, Roy King used to say, David Batty used to say, you know, if, if the crowd was down or something like that, you need somebody to go and put a tackle in, you know. And, and yeah. I, I can remember Roy King saying, you know, he'll take a booking to get the crowd up, you know, and that would then galvanate the whole of the team and everybody would be ready to go again. Um, so you need them kind of players in your team. And, you know, now it's a bit different, obviously, because, you know, we're not allowed to touch anybody nowadays, are we? We're not, um, we can't tackle anymore. Um, it's it's very non-contactable, um, is football a lot of the times, which obviously is not great. But, you know, it, it is, um, you know, I think I think going forward, I think for us, I think for Leeds United, I think, you know, we've got a, a very good team at the minute and we've got a very good manager. We've got a very good structure in the background. Um, you know, going to the Premiership now is is what we want and, you know, that's where, that's where we're going to be. You know, we, we're not bothered about, you know, who goes up with us. If it's, you know, obviously West Brom have gone up, if it's Fulham or if it's Brentford, um, we're not bothered really at the end of the day. Um, 
you know, whoever it is, we know we can beat them next year and we just need to finish, you know, that that uh, that top bottom four and, you know, we stay in there and then we can build that then for the, for the year after. But, you know, as Leeds fans, we all want to be a little bit further up than that. We, you know, we all want to be in that top half. I think we'll be a, a, a successful year. You look at what Sheffield United have done this year and it's, it's fantastic what Chrissy Wilder's done down there. Um, yeah. You know, now it's just a case for, you know, for Leeds to to take a little bit of heed of that and, um, you know, and do something very similar. Any players you would like to see, at least? Coming in, I, do you know yes. what? It's got to be, a, we said this earlier on, I think it's got to be this right mentality. It's got to be the person who uh, Martello wants and Victor wants. Um, they have to have the Leeds United ethos a little bit and they've got to be willing to work very, very hard. We need, you know, look, we're going to need to replace Ben White if he's not coming back. Um, which it does look like that uh, Brighton are going to dig the heels in on that one. So we do need a centre half, whatever happens. Um, but look, you know, Ben White's been fantastic for us this year. Um, but let's put it this way: there's somebody else out there who could also take his job and do just as good a you know a, a job as what he has done. We'd all love Ben White to be there as Leeds United fans. We'd all love Ben White to be there. Um, if that can be done, then great. Um, do we need a centre forward? Yeah, I think we need a centre forward. I think we need a left back. I think we need maybe a midfielder. You know, but we need to we need to be doing it in the right areas. But they have to have that 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 side of what um, of what Marcello wants. And and unfortunately, what he wants is is somebody to come in and, and somebody who is willing to work, uh, get into the uh, into the his 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 mentality of. of of being a Premiership footballer and also being a footballer for under Marcello Bielsa, um, which is somebody who's going to run, somebody who's going to be technically very good, um, you know, and he's going to basically do it for the whole of the season. Um, you know, you look at Klitsch, I think he's played every game under under Bielsa when he's been here. So, you know, it's, that's the kind of player you want coming in and, and taking on. So, yeah, look, names, we'll let them sort that out. Um, okay. I think uh, I think that's down to Victor and uh, you know and, and and Marcello. I think they're the two people who will pick the right people. They've done it so far, and also what we've said before is that you know we look at these players which are in there. A lot of these players were there before Marcello came in, and they were they were poor. And um, so it just shows you what this manager can do to a player if they if they buy into what his his philosophy is. And um, so it doesn't matter really who it is, but they've got to have that right mentality to come in and play. One for Leeds United and two play under under Bielsa. Fair enough. Was there one player that you had that you feel is going to galvanize the club next season? You know, you talk about Smith when he was playing. Is there somebody you think is going to help really bring that level of passion for for the club next season, or or is it just more of a hodgepodge of players? I think there's. I, I think it's different nowadays. You, you, as I say, you can't have somebody who. Who tackles and you know your Vinnie Jones, your David Batty's, your, your Roy Keynes. You, you can't have them anymore. Um, you know, and I think I do think Cooper's that man. I think Cooper is is in there and he's the captain of the football club. I think he, he he's a very good captain. He's got better um, these last two years. He's definitely got better this year again. Um, you know, so I think he's the one who, who looks after people off the pitch. Um, you know, we, yes, we, do we need another leader on the pitch? Maybe. Maybe we do. Maybe we need to, somebody needs to take the, the scruff of the neck on the football pitch and, and shout about a little bit and, and give somebody a, a rollicking when they need them. Um, you know, but uh, but look, football's different nowadays. I think you know, I think football now is it's not about somebody who's going to go in there and and and, and 
kick somebody in the air and, and get a booking for, for the rest of you to get your get to book your ideas up. The the biggest motivation really for every one of these players is they don't want to play in the in the championship again the year after. You know, they want to be still playing in the premiership. You know, so when you cross that white line and the other thing with, with Bielsa is if you cross that white line and you don't do it, it'll bring you off after twenty minutes. You know, so you, you can't be in that, that situation. So look there's there's lots of players out there and there's lots of players who would love to come and play for Leeds United at this present moment in time. One because it's Leeds United and number two because we've got Bielsa who's everybody keeps telling us that he's the best manager in the world and after the last two years I I wouldn't argue with anybody who would uh, who would be putting that forward because of what he's done with these players and what he's done with the, the football club and things is is truly unbelievable. When you look at where we were two years ago, it was you know, we under Chilino and as I say we had uh, Gary Monk and, and um Steve Evans, we had, you know, coming in with his sombrero. He just, you know, it was a comical club. You know, now it's a serious football club. It's a serious football club who can challenge for, for trophies and, and, and challenge for, you know, for being where they want to be, um, you know, in the future, which is, is which is challenging for, you know, for this. As we said earlier on, Leicester did it. You know, it gives everybody hope, um, you know, in the Premiership. And, um, you know, look at Leicester now. They're a very, very good football team. Um, you know, and a very good structure behind the scenes as well. So it's two things which go hand in hand. And uh, you know, any player who don't want to come to Leeds United, well, we don't want them. Um, anybody who don't want to play for Leeds United who's already there, we don't want them. Get rid. You know, they've got to be a team and they've got to be all together. So it's it's a very much a togetherness. Absolutely. What would that be for you um, if Leeds United win the US? Uh, sorry, the the FA Cup. You know, uh, I guess Manchester United uh, bring back hey, some look, memories, right? Yeah, look, look for, for us, any trophy will be great. Um, the biggest thing at the minute is that we, we can all get back into the stadiums and we can all, you know, support the football club, which we all love at the end of the day. Um, that's the thing which we're all wanting to do. You know, we, we haven't been able to celebrate this. And again, we said it earlier on that, um, you know, you've got 16-year-old kids who've never seen Leeds United out of the Championship or the First Division. Um you know, getting up into the, into the Premiership is a huge, huge thing for a lot of people. And, um, you know, we, we say it a lot as ex-players, you know, enjoy these moments because they don't come around very often. You know, look at Liverpool 30 years ago, they won the, they won the Premier League. Who would have thought that? Yeah, they've won the Champions League. Yes, they've won UEFA Cups and so on and so forth and they can enjoy that. But, you know, they haven't won the Premier League for 30 years, you know, and, uh, you know, that's, you know, we won the Championship 30 years ago as well. So, you know, it's, for, for us, it's, You've got to get yourself and enjoy this moment because it's a fantastic moment. But, you know, the hard work really starts now because now's the time when they've got to, you know, push forward and, and, and hopefully we can, as a football club and as a fan base and everybody around the world, can can go out there and, and enjoy, um, you know, what, uh, what Leeds is going to bring to the table for the season this year in the Premier League. Yeah, no, absolutely. Actually, I was I was making that reference as well. When you won the FA Cup with Leeds, you know, in 1993, How's that? How's that experience for you? You know, as a young player playing for Leeds United in Premier League and and beating the big Manchester United at the time. What was your experience? Yeah, well, we well, well, it was the FA Youth Cup which we won. So we, you know, we were we were only 17, 18 years old. Um, oh, got it. Know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and for us to win that, you know, obviously it was a great experience and, and things. Um, we we won that with their team, which was which was an unbelievable team, really. Beckham, Scholes, Neville, Neville, uh, Gillespie, Savage, you know, they, they, all of them played international football pretty much. So, um, you know, yeah, it was a great experience. And, and I, I 
again, you know, we had a continuity through the t- through the football club. We had we had a lot of friendships, you know, which are still strong now. You know, it's uh, you know, I, I still see Tony Rodrigo quite often. Um, go out socialising with him and his uh, his other half, with my my other half as well. You know, he was playing the first team at that. I was an apprentice. Um, I still work on match days with with John Newson, Mel Sterland, and and Steve Hodge, people like that. You know, we 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 work together and we speak together. We speak every week. Um, so the bonds which we had from the youth cup going into the into the first team and then going forward was was huge. Um, all the players who played in the youth cup for for our side, we you know we all keep in contact. We all get together, and all the lads from Manchester United. You know, when we meet them and we see them at golf days or whatever, it's it, we all talk about it. Um, you know, we were playing with Scalzi the other week, and it's you know same thing. It's like oh. That, I can take the mick out of that, but then he just turns around and says, "Yeah, how many Premier Leagues did you win?" Um, so I've kind of got no comeback on that, you know. Um, but I can beat him at golf, so that's a good thing. But it's, it's but it's one of them things which you kind of look at and you do think, "Yeah, it was a great day." It's one thing which a lot of people obviously, you know, remember. We remember thirty-three thousand at Ellen Road, thirty thousand down at uh, Old Trafford for a youth team youth team game, and live on Sky it was, uh, yeah, it was great. But you know, look, the players who are there now, they don't remember any of that. I'm too old for all that side of it. You know, they don't remember our, our era, um, believe it or not. Um, you know, they're, they're only young kids, these kids coming through. They know what Leeds United's about and they know what Leeds United's, you know, past has been and so on. Um, yeah. These guys now are, are, are making the, the history for themselves and, and that's what they need to do. You know, forget about everybody else's history. Forget about, you know, yeah. everybody, you know, beforehand, what we've won and everything else. You're only as good as your next game and, you know, as your last game. And, and the last game we were very, very good, which got us into the, into the Premier League as well. So, you know, we're only as good as our first game now in the Premier League and, and we've, they've got to look that way. Um, you know, make their own history. Go off and make your own history. That's, and hopefully they will. And hopefully they'll, you know, some will go, some will come, some will go. And we'll get yep. players coming in and we'll get players we know and we'll get names coming in and so on. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, yeah, they've got to go and make their own history now. And hopefully next year we'll be, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be we'll be safe in there and, uh, you know, give a good account of ourselves, which I'm, I'm pretty sure that we will do. No problems whatsoever. Yep, no, I agree. I think we we talked about it last time with uh, some of uh, our guests from from France, and we were talking about the new model for a team to be successful in this era. It's not only to have a coach that has a philosophy, just like Marcelo Bielsa right now, and uh, you know you have Zidane in, in Madrid, you know Guardiola in Man City, club in Liverpool. Uh, like a strong coach who have a vision, but at the same time, you need to have a team with a lot of resources that it can also invest into new players. Otherwise, it gets complicated because I mean, look at a team like Arsenal. Arsenal has a lot of resources, but they're never, they're never able to make that transition from the old time with Wenger to this new era, right? They're still kind of struggling with self to find the right coach number one, and because we never really start spending on the right players. They only start spending more than 50 million pounds, I think, after they bought Ozil. And that's where they really start spending their money. But even there, it was like buying one or two players at that level, right? And it's now that they're trying to catch up. They're buying, but they're overbuying, in my opinion. They're overbuying players, you know, at 80 million pounds, but has not, haven't really proved it yet. So we still... They're still stuck in and making that decision. Now, you know, now we're hoping that with Arteta, they will. But I think that if you look at Wolverhampton as well, the way they're, they're managed, you know, same thing. With the funds we have behind them, 
and, and the philosophy of Nuno Gomez, the team is performing very well. Yeah, I think you know, you know, fifty million quid for a defender or, or an attacker or whatever. If if somebody keeps you into the Premier League, it's not actually a lot of money. We, we you know we talk about Ben White and if it's thirty thirty five million, do you do you do you pay that amount of money? Mm. It's not a case of now paying that amount of money. It's a it's, it's supply and demand a little bit. And I think you know, looking at your Arsenal side of things, you know, the, I think. I think Wenger got a little bit lucky with his team, which he had. You know, he inherited one of the best back fives you'd ever you'd ever have in the Premier League, and then he pulled two players out, three players, maybe two players in particular, um, with Petit and Vieira. Uh, Vieira, in particular, as, as the youngest um, of them recruits who stayed there for a long time, and you know, don't get me wrong, their 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 way of playing was fantastic. Um, and Wenger was was definitely before his time and everything else, but I think he got maybe not lucky, but it's the players you brought in at that time were were fantastic footballers. You know, Vieira wanted to stay; he didn't want to they didn't want to transfer; they didn't want to disappear off somewhere else. You know, they they wanted to stay at Arsenal, um, and that brings that again. We bring that back down to a culture of what the football club's all about. Arsenal's a a great football club. You know, I know John Lukage, and John Lukage obviously been there for a long time. Um, I did a call. I did a, an interview with Lee Dixon um, through lockdown as well, and you know, again, great guy. And, and they can't say enough about Arsenal. You know, yes, they get disappointed now because they have been left back behind a little bit. But is that the management, or is that the recruitment system? Is that the way that the, that the football club is being run? And the recruitment side of it is very difficult, and that's the thing which, you know, you're taking a risk sometimes on on your recruitment, and you're taking your risk on on players coming in from a different country. Um, you know, like we had young Eddie up at our place, and uh, up at our place, and, and, and it came on last night at the, in the FA Cup, and Eddie's great, um, and he'll do very well in the Premiership, very very well in the Premiership. Um, but is he good enough for an Arsenal centre forward? He's not an Ian Wright in my eyes. He's not big enough. Um, I think he'll do well at Arsenal. He'll get paid very, very well. But I think there's a problem, again, going to pay-wise with younger players coming through because a lot of people can't be bothered to a certain point because they get the money. You look at Ozil came in, he got paid 300 grand a week or whatever at Arsenal or whatever it was. It was a lot of money. Um, you know, And it took him a year to get used to the speed, get used to you know the environment and the amount of games they're playing from, from what he's playing abroad. It's very difficult for people to come in, and then you know you could look at it and go right. He's on three hundred grand a week. It's a million quid a month. It's like, what do you do with yourself? You know, is football that important? You just sign a five-year contract. Like you know, that's that's the honest. They've got to have the right mentality. The players have to have that right yeah. mentality. If the player have the right, if the if the player has a mentality of, do you know what? It's all about money. They'll go and just sit there for however long. You know, like. You know, some keepers would, you know, some players do. They'll sit on the bench and pick up 40 grand a week, no problems whatsoever. Um, but you want them players who are sitting on the bench on, on 40 grand a week or 20 grand a week who's ready to come in and go, do you know what, I'm going to fight you for your place. I want your place. I, you know, and I'm going to show them, I'm going to show them. You know, and the money really doesn't doesn't affect them. But, you you know, these young kids, it's, it's a working man's game and these young kids are coming in and getting extortionate amount of money who might never ever have played a Premier League game before. I've had it. I've had it with an argument with somebody who, who said that to me. Well, you know, I just turned around to him and said, "You might be a millionaire, but how many games in the Premier League did you play?" He didn't play any. But he's a multi-millionaire. The, the the game is is wrong in that way, and I think the Arsenal side of it was he, they were trying to balance the books all the time. A bit like Tottenham will. 
Tottenham's going to be the same as what Arsenal were, without a shadow of a doubt, because Tottenham have just bought a new stadium, just rebuilt it, spent an absolute fortune, the same as what Arsenal did when they came from Highbury. And the same thing for me is going to happen at Tottenham, where they're going to struggle because they've got so much money to pay out for the stadium that the player recruitment has got to suffer. So it's that balancing act again. It's that having that you know stability in your football club where you can still buy players at 30, 40 million. You know, look at last year with Tottenham, they didn't buy anybody. You know, are they going to buy anybody this year? Well, there's only one reason they didn't buy anybody, and that's because they had a they had a billion pound stadium to pay for. Um, and obviously, with the corona going around, are they going to buy anybody this year? I'll be very surprised if they buy somebody big this year, Tottenham Hotspur. So, you know, these are the things which we talk about. The clubs have, have got to balance things, um, and that's all. That's that's everything they've got to look at. You know, Burnley, we go back to do they do they pay thirty grand a week? Do they pay forty grand a week? What's their what's their top budget? I would imagine it'd be about forty thousand pound a week. It's still an extortionate amount of money. But you look at then Arsenal, Manchester United. You look at Chelsea. Yeah. They're talking twos, threes, four hundred grand a week, which yeah. is obscene amount of money when you've got a football club like Carlisle or Blackpool or you know yeah. Peterborough or Bradford or something like that, especially with the coronavirus going on, who are really struggling. You know, they you know they they need a million quid to keep them going, and you've got a player there who's been sat on his backside you know, in the treatment table all the time or he's been sat on his backside watching, playing his PlayStation with his mates and not even on, you know, doing anything on the football pitch and he's picking up a million quid a month. It's, you know, this is where the game has to kind of have an equal level and I think that the football clubs need to, to take a little bit of heat and I think the, the coronavirus which has come about will, you know, will, will, will kind of dictate a little bit of that. I think the spending this year you'll find will be a little bit less than what it would be normally. Yeah. But the gap will still remain, right? So that's that's the gap's going to be, well. The gap's just going to get bigger. The gap from yeah. the from the first, second of uh, divisions and the championship is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's getting bigger in the championship already, but you know, and it's getting big in the in the Premiership. It's already big. You know, you've got your bottom six, seven clubs which are on a very small budget and they're fighting yeah. for that that spot. And then you've got your big your big boys as such at the top who've got the most revenue. You know, coming through. You know, sky's the limit, really, and the players are wanting everything from that. And you know, but then if you're spending that amount of money, you want you want quality, and you want people to 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 be able to go through that um, and not actually make them not not bothered. Not bothered might be the wrong word to use, but kind of have that mentality a little bit of going, well, I'm, I'm all right, fine as you go. I don't really need to get hurt. Um, don't need to go in for that tackle. You know, I'm a pull my hamstring a little bit, you know, it, it's that kind of thing, which I think is difficult nowadays. And I think a, a wage structure would be, you know, definitely beneficial worldwide, not just in this country. It, this goes around everywhere. I think we're talking, Ramos is talking 500 grand a week, maybe a bit more, 450 a week. You know, Beckham was on 500 grand a week at LA Galaxy, something like that. Um, Slatton was something like that. They haven't got the image rights. It's it, the, the the obscene amount of money which is going about, it, it, and it is it's obscene, you know, to the to the layman who is who is doing what they're doing. I, th- I think that's again we'll say what we said about Marcello when he came in. He got them picking up litter around the, you know, around the training ground, you know, because he did it. Got them to do it for two hours because every fan who comes in, or the working man fan, and every fan will have to do this for two hours to get a ticket to be able to afford to come and watch you guys play. That's just putting a discipline into players and a realisation about what actually happens out in the real world because some people do get lost within the football the football world. And I think that Wenger came in, I think he got lost in that because he couldn't transition from 
bringing players in on certain amount of money to suddenly being somebody on X amount of money up here somewhere. And I think yeah. he really struggled on that transition. You know, you've got Mourinho who can who can do that, but I think it's uh, I think Wenger came in and you know I think he maybe stayed a, a year or two too long down at Arsenal. But uh, you know that football club would not be where it is without Arsene Wenger being in charge of that football club because he had control from top to bottom. Um, yep. You know, it's uh, it, it's a mental uh, mental kind of statistic really with with Wenger. But uh, and that team that that invincible team is still the best team ever in the Premier League because they went the whole season unbeaten. So anybody's turning around and saying Man City are and turning around and saying Liverpool are, well go and do it and don't get beat in the season, then we'll tell you that you that you are that you're better than that Arsenal team. Um, you know, it's uh, for me anyhow, that's that's my idea yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> I won't make any covered, but uh, as a former big fan of Man United, I didn't like that team at all. I just feel like <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Then, but again you don't you don't have them rivals anymore. That's the you know, you don't have a Vieira Keen rivalry, you know, we've talked yeah. about Smithy and stuff. You don't have that rivalry anymore in in yeah. in in it, in, in the, you know, look at the the, the Vieira Highbury uh, Keen fight down the tunnel. Keane didn't know what was going on. He's just had a go at he's had a go at the young kid as Vieira. Um, you know, and it's Keane won't have it. Um them two them two I, I I was lucky enough to play against both of them, but them two are the best Midfielders, I still think now the Premier League have ever seen. Mm. Without a shadow of a doubt, I played against Patrick Vieira and he, he killed me for forty five minutes. Um, so he killed my Premiership um, life off. <laughs> Patrick Vieira. John Luke Jafter told me he said he'd done that to everybody so far this year, cause so don't worry about it. So, um, but yeah, I was uh, I was out the door. I was out the door that year. Then after that, um, never played again after after playing against Vieira in the first team. Wow. He, he literally. Well, we had George Graham as a, as a manager, but you know that was just um, a different thing, I suppose. That we, you know, we we kind of fell out later on. But that that game in particular, with Vieira, just he was unbelievable. Long legs, yeah. fitness, yeah. pick a pass. He, he was, he, as I say, he was him and Keane were the best two midfielders. Um, you know, we've had in the Premiership without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, as a as a box player, but you know, he was he was very very good. And very technical as well. As you say, and his physical help, you know, he was yeah. tall, strong too, and plus he has a technical side with him. He, he was a, and his mindset. And the tenaciousness too, though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Going against Roy King, I mean, not every player want to go against Roy King. You don't want that. So uh, having a young guy like VR at that time, going against, you know, a legend like, like Roy King, especially in the Premier League, that, that shows that his mindset is, I'm here to, to destroy everything, you know, and uh, and that's what that goes. Did. That goes back to what I've just said there with the money side of it. Money wasn't an issue with them too. Yeah, it was about the money came later on. The money just rolled in for both of them. They got paid whatever they got paid, but the, their most important thing was that they were going to play on a Saturday and win. And they didn't. They didn't care who was in front of them. Um, you know, you you name a rivalry now in the Premiership. You know, for two players who don't really hate each other and score hammer and tong, there isn't. You know, go yeah, back yeah, in the yeah. day, there was, you know, Shearer was one, you know, Keane and Shearer had, had the scuffles. Shearer was horrible on the football pitch, but, you know, one of the best goal scorers we've ever had in this country. Um, you know, I still think, you know, go back to, to the you know, mid-90s, early 2000s, some of the players we had in the Premiership were could still cut it in the Premiership now, especially with all the technology and everything what's, what's in place now. They would be still 
the very, very top of the foot of the game. Um, you know, and Keane and Vieira would still be top of the game now if, if they were coming into this, um, you know, into the Premiership at this present moment in time. So they're the gems which you've got to try and pick out, and that's the hard bit. Yeah, those those people has it all right. The mindset, the skills, uh, the technique, you know, and the and the yeah and. And just uh, just a wheel to play, so it's it's tough to find them now. And it's funny you mentioned that because I, I talked about it with some of my friends last time. Is back in the days, you used to have a lot of players that we call like legend or I would say they're, they have a boss mm -hmm. status, right? And if I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at all these players who are pretty good, but in order to put them on that level, oh, this is this is a legend, you know, or you don't you don't really tend to make that 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 call on them because they're good and they're so inconsistent that sometimes you're like okay I don't want to it's tough to to call them a, a top player who perform at every time right now you have Messi Ronaldo uh, Sergio Ramos I'll say Van Dyke too which I think is uh he's one of those top calibers you know you have a few but but you know you look at some of the other teams like I'm looking at Arsenal right now I don't see any player I can call a top player Ozil was when he was playing for Madrid, and he has expectation coming to Arsenal, but he never lived up to that expectation. You know, but so they have the have... arrogance of, of thinking that they're exactly. top class, and, though. Exactly, and they get paid like that too, but they don't perform at that level, and they don't have that authority. You know, when you come to the pitch, there's just an aura that comes to a player, everyone respects him. You don't see that a lot on a lot of players now. It's like, uh, you know, like back in the days, you have so many, like Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard, I. You know, you name it Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieira, Paul Scholes, like Beckham, like you just keep naming Rio Ferdinand, you know, like you, know, you can just name yeah. countless. <laughs> no, absolutely. There, but, but there isn't anymore. And that's the that's the thing with the Premier League. It, it, everybody wants to come to the Premier League because they are, um, you know, because of the money, really, at the end of the day. That, that's, you know, it's the it's the most expensive league in the world. It's it's the most lucrative league in the world. And that's why everybody wants to be in it. Um you know, legends itself, you know, legends are, are used, uh, the word legend is used far too much um, around all sports, to be fair. Um, you know, for me, legends are Big Jack, Norman Hunter, Eddie Gray, legends, Gary McAllister, Gordon Strachan, um, you know, for what they did in, in that time. Um, you know, but, you know, the legends status within football now is, you know, you've got to have a long, long career. Um, if you're a Leicester supporter, you said Jamie Vardy will be a legend because he's he's there. You know, if yeah. you, you but would I say Jamie Vardy's a legend? Well, no. Um, you know, and that's the thing. There's nobody really. There's no real standouts. You know, if you look at David Silver, I think would would be one of them where you go in company at Man City last year. I think you can see yeah. why he was massive for for them. But David Silver this year, you know, he's had I think he's had ten years in the Premier League. And consistently, eight or nine out of ten every single week, and he's five foot five, six, whatever he is. You know, that I would, you know, if I was a Man City, you know, fan, I would say, yes, he was a legend. And I think he's a great player, but maybe one of the best in this modern era of, of football as David Silva. Um, there's not many more um, when you start thinking about it. The. Uh, they all they all want to be on Instagram and get many followers, and they all want to be on Twitter and, and things like that. And that's that's kind of how the world goes. It's you know, the legend is as I say, it is used far too much. You know, these these boys at Leeds United at this present moment in time, they're all they're all making their own history. They're all legends in their own right, and will be 
yeah. further down the line because everybody will remember them from for, for taking Leeds United back up into the Premiership. So, you know, yeah, there's there's no rivalries like we had last time. You know, we 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 had a lot of rivalries back in the day, and you know, team rivalries as well. You know, there's there's a few Manchester United, obviously, and Liverpool. Um, but now we're back in the in the frame. Um, that's that's all all day long. Is that with um, you know, with uh, you know, Leeds and, and Manchester United um, is is always the biggest rivalry. So you know, look, it's it's exciting times for us. Um, I'm gonna have to go, guys. Anyhow, I, I, I was about to say this. Okay, right. no, yeah, we, we, we thank <laughs> but, you very much, Andy. Thanks for your time being with us. You know, uh, no wish problems. you all the best in what are you doing right now, and hopefully no we'll problem. have you next year when Leeds is the Premier League. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's hope so. Let's hope we get uh, we get in there and we get a little bit higher up and stuff. So, you know, as I say, all it is this year for me is let's, you know, go and enjoy it. Hopefully the fans can get back in. You know, hopefully yeah, COVID-19 doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't stop the fans getting back into the stadiums. And let's hope we put a good, you know, good account for ourselves. Um, you know, we, uh, we finish hopefully in the top half is something which I would be looking at. But, you know, anything yeah. from fourth bottom upwards is, is a bonus, I think. Um, and let's see who uh, who the players we, we get in and, and these players who we've got, let's see who uh, who comes to the forefront. Let's see who, who can really cut it in the premiership and let's hope that we can uh, you know we can give a as I say, give a good account of ourselves and uh, finish uh, you know, finish nice and high this year because that's what we're all hoping for. But uh, hope hope it's all safe out there in the States and uh, you know I'm, I'm, sure. I'm sure we'll speak soon. Yes, thank, thank you, Andy. Thank you. Have a good you one too. and go Take leads. Care, Andy. No problems. Thank you.